and we have a very special guest to kick today's show off. New South Wales has a proud harness racing history and in recent years that has been embellished around the world by people like the Trittons, but even more so by Luke, Andy and now Todd McCarthy. Eight days ago, Todd McCarthy went to the Meadowlands outside New York in New Jersey and won the biggest trotting race in the world. It's called the Hamiltonian. It's for three-year-old trotters. I know that sounds weird, but it's a huge deal. And he won it with the biggest outsider in the history of the race, Cool Popper Bell, winning the Hamiltonian for American harness racing fans is like winning the Everest for galloping fans in New South Wales or right around Australia. Todd is on the line to talk to us now. Uh, Todd, good evening for you up there in the States and a belated congratulations from all of your racing fans and the harness racing community down here in New South Wales. Hi Mick, uh, thank you very much and uh, thanks for having me on. Mate, how big's the Hamiltonian? Because people, as you know, back home would be thinking, how is a three-year-old trotting race the biggest race in the US? But it is, and Hambo Day is pretty darn big. No, it's, uh, it's, it's a pretty big day here, and it's, it's certainly um, it's certainly well-respected and glorified, and it's, uh, you know, it's, it's one of the most prestigious races in uh, harness racing. So um, it, it came at a bit of a surprise, but nevertheless, it was, it was a huge thrill. You've been in great form. We'll talk about your US career shortly, but more about Cool Popper Bell. How did you end up on the horse? And going into the Hambo final was one of the biggest outsiders of all time. What sort of chance did you give yourself? You know, I'd, I'd, I'd had a pretty good relationship with, um, with Jim Campbell, the trainer of this horse. For a while, and, and he's been great in, in giving me a few opportunities to drive some of his horses um, since arriving in the U.S. And uh, it was simply a matter of, uh, you know, I, I had a couple in the limbs there, and, and things didn't work out for them. And uh, you know, Jim seen me on the night, and he said, um, "You get one through." And uh, Brian, Brian uh, qualified joviality and, and cool Papa Bell as well and uh, he, he was going with joviality in that race and Jim come and see me and said would you be happy we'd go with this guy in the final and uh, I said absolutely so uh, I, I was fortunate enough to be uh, you know on Jim's mind at that stage to, um, to pick up the drive and uh, yeah the rest is history it uh, just, just happened to work out. So Todd Give us the time frame here. How long before the Hambletonian was run did you know you had the drive? He seen me on the night of the eliminations a week out, you know, and he asked if I'd be interested in going with the horse. And I said, absolutely, I'd, I'd be privileged to, you know. So um, it was just a thrill for me to, to have a drive in the Hambletonian. It was my first time um, being in that race and, uh, yeah, it was, um, you know, like I said, a little unexpected, but um, unbelievable the way that it worked out for us. While there isn't the same level of media coverage for trotting in the US as maybe, for example, galloping in Australia, how was the build-up and were you nervous before the race? Because obviously you've driven in Inter-Dominion finals and Miracle Miles and other huge races. What was that build-up like and the day of the race? Probably like the, 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 you know, that week leading up to it, once word got out that I, I had a drive in it, um, you know, there was there was a couple of things. There was, you know, 
a little bit of uh, interest in it, the fact that it was my first go in it, things like that. But uh, overall, I think the horse being a long shot, we, we kind of got to fly under the radar a little bit, um, which which suits me perfectly. You know, I'm, I'm happy to, to do that. And, uh, and uh, you know, leading up to the day, we were, we were the underdog. So the, 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 really the spotlight wasn't on us at all. Talk us through the race and talk us through the moment you hit the line in the hambo. Um, so early on, you know, obviously you always want to leave your options open and, and figure out where we can be there. If, if Probably if I could have got into that moving flow on the outside, that, that would have been nice. But there was a couple left outside me that were um, pretty adamant that they, they wanted to be in the flow and, and I'd you know, at that point, I wasn't wasn't too worried where I was going to end up. I was going to be five rail at that point, and uh, you know, there was one in front of me made a break just before the half, and then the one ahead of it um, made its way out into the the flow. And, and by then, I was, um, you know, in, in my opinion, at that stage of the race, um, going into the last turn, I was following the two best horses in the race, and I kind of thought to myself, you know, this has worked out perfectly here. We're we're going to get a we're going to get a check, you know. Um, which which was you know going to be huge for us and uh, as it worked out the you know the, the horse was just so good on the day and uh, we had a little bit of luck there we were able to shake loose at the top of the stretch and uh, he when I showed him daylight there he wanted to go one way and I was forward so that that was pretty exciting it was probably only halfway down the stretch that I I knew that we um, you know we had a serious shot of winning it and uh, you know full credit to to Jim and the job that he done with the horse and preparing him for the day he. Um, he, he was just so sharp and spot on. The uh, like I say, he just wanted to go one way, and that was forward. What about after the race, Todd? Hambo Day is an awfully long day. There's a lot of races. Did you have more drives, and therefore you couldn't celebrate instantly? And and talk to us about being a driver from the other side of the world, because I'm sure you had plenty of people texting or WhatsApping or Mum and Dad and Luke trying to call from down under to wish you congratulations. So there must have been a lot going on in the hours after the hambo? Oh, it was. And, like, the seconds and minutes, you know, immediately after hitting the line there were, were one, shocking and, and a little bit emotional too, you know. So uh, as, I, as I turned the horse over in the back stretch to go back to the winner's circle, Andy jumped, Andy, he jumped out of his bike and um, come over and give me a big hug. You know, he, he was proud big brother at that stage. And uh, so that, that was pretty special for me, you know, and... Um, Jogging back to the winner's circle, I was I was still just just couldn't believe it the way that the trip worked out and the, and the way things went. So um, no, it was certainly special. We got to celebrate briefly in the winner's circle with some of the connections and, and Jim himself there. But uh, we were in the following race, and then straight after that, we were on a on a plane on our way to uh, Kentucky for the next day. All right, you mentioned Andy for those who who don't. For the Harnham Racing, Andy is your older brother, Andy McCarthy, and of course your other brother is, is Luke McCarthy, who's the leading driver at Menangle and has been since they built the place. And what do you think has helped you boys become such good drivers? Because obviously all three of you have won million-dollar races. You've also this year won the Pepsi North American Cup with Pebble Beach. Andy's enormously established up there, and your father, John, of course, has won Miracle Miles. So what's the quality or what's the skill set you have worked on to become good drivers? I think, Mick, um, you know, I think it really just comes down to uh, our parents, John and Narelle. They've just, you know, they've always been so supportive of us and, uh, 
in early on and, and whatever career path we would have chose, you know, they had us back 100% there. So, um, you know, you, you couldn't ask for, for better mentors than them and, and, and whichever way it was that they were teacher, teaching you in their in their individual ways was always comforting and, uh, you know, it was everything was positive. Whether you're in the wrong and they'd always sort of point you in the right direction but do it in such a nice way that it, it didn't deter you from doing what you wanted to do. So, um I really do think that all three of us and, and, and even my sister Jodie in, in her career path that she's chose, we've just been so lucky to have the um, the guidance that we've had from, from our parents there and I, I can't thank them enough for that. Do you think, Todd, you're uh, moving to the States and, and driving at the Meadowlands, which is incredibly like Menangle, has been aided by the fact that you did cut your teeth driving at Menangle and therefore mile racing up on the speed and tight lines has been part of your career? For sure. I think it was definitely a great um, preparation before moving to the States, you know, and it was um, a big part for me was probably like my my era that I started driving in. My, my first winner that I drove was in a, a Harmer bike, a, um, you know, a US-style race sulky. So that was, um, you know, the US was kind of on the radar from, from such an early stage for me and, and and then when Andy made the move, it was um, obviously following him so closely and his success over here and, and Luke's success in the States as well was, um, you know, it was a big pushing point. But uh, definitely Menangle racing there on that, 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 that size track definitely was a, uh, you know, a, a, good, um, a, good, a good base to get started over here for sure. When you were driving here a couple of years ago, I, I presumed you drove about three times a week, Tuesday, Menangle, Penrith Thursday, back to Menangle on Tuesday, and maybe the occasional Bathurst trip. What is a normal week in summer when things are busy, like for Todd McCarthy now? How many days would you drive? How many horses would you drive? And of course, you don't get any driving fees. So if you don't get in the top five, Todd, you don't get any money. No, I know. It's... Uh... <laughs> Some days, trust me, Mick, they can be tough days, you know. But uh, no, overall, we're very fortunate to um, to be in the positions that we're in here and get to drive the horses that we do. I, I feel very lucky and, and blessed to be able to do that. But um, you know, an average week an average week consists of uh, racing seven days and twice a day sometimes. And um, you're you usually uh, you know hopping states and uh, you know sometimes countries in, in that week as well. So. Um, coming up like over the next weeks here we've we've got um you know canada every saturday night and then you're back to jersey and uh and then back down to uh kentucky for three days a week as well so it's certainly a um you know it's an action-packed schedule but it's uh you know once you once you get into routine here it's uh it becomes life and uh like i say it's, it's very enjoyable and uh I, I, don't, I certainly don't take it for granted Who's in the team there, Todd? There's obviously yourself, um, your brother Andy, clearly. Dexter Dunn, the New Zealander, I'm sure is floating around. Um, Noel Daly, who, of course, trained the uh, Pebble Beach, the winner of the North American Cups in Australia. And so who's in your, your go-to team there? And is it Pennsylvania or New Jersey you live in? Uh, I, I live in New Jersey, you know, and um, we, we kind of share the work around a lot. There's, there's a lot of great guys over here from... Um, you know, that's the beauty of racing over here. There's there's people from Sweden, there's people from Canada. It's uh, it's a very di- diverse group of um, trainers and drivers, and it's it's just a lot of great people to um, to get to race against. One guy I think that he's uh, he's trying to form himself into an Aussie is uh, David Miller, Purple Jesus. He's uh, he hangs out with the squad a bit. I think I think he's working his way in there. He, he might be uh, 
heading down to Australia soon. How do you find the Americans? Because I, I played rugby up in America and they're a different breed. They can be very loud, they can be very confident and they can be um, very opinionated. How have you found America? Uh, I've, I've honestly, Mick, I've found them to be such welcoming people and... Um, like I say, when you when you move from the other side of the world, it's uh, you know it's, it's a it's a bit of a daunting process. But um, everyone here has just been so lovely, and uh, no, I've, I've found them to be fantastic people. They're very outgoing people, and uh, but I, I like that about them. You, you know, you can go anywhere and get chatting to anyone, and uh, no, they're, they're they're fantastic people. You've driven uh, some great horses in Australasia. Of course, Tiger Tara, one of your favourites, did magnificent things on the track. The Tiger Taras of the world and the Lazaruses of the world, how would they compare with the best paces you drive over there? I think it's so hard to to compare them head to head. You know what I mean? Like, especially those two horses that you um, use an example there. They were, you know, fantastic stayers. And I think every horse is, um, you know, especially when you're talking about Grand Circuit horses, champions in their own right. Um, you know, there are certainly horses here that, that couldn't go back there and race a mile and a half. Um, they, they'd find that very difficult. So it's it's hard to kind of put them head and head um, in that sense. So, uh, you know, I, I try and keep it pretty simple. And I, I think if they're, um, you know, if they're champions, they're champions. But um, it's, it's very hard to compare staying horses to Printing horses, but I do think um, you know uh, they definitely. Uh, obviously, you've seen Lazarus come over here and he shaped up. He did a job, but uh, yeah, it's it's so hard to go from that distance racing to that um, sprinting mile racing. It's, uh, it's definitely a challenge for them. Family aside, and all the personal stuff aside, what's the thing you missed most about living in Australia? A bit of footy? Is it going for a beer with some of your mates? Do you? Do you miss anything in particular which you think to yourself sometimes, gee, I'd love one of those? Uh, probably the um, the weather the most, you know, especially once it starts to cool off here, it really cools off, you know. I always thought Sydney got pretty cold, but um, once you have a winter in New Jersey, you, you realise what cold is. So uh, that, that that's probably one thing for me I found the hardest to adjust. You know, I grew up in Queensland and it was, um, you know, it was pretty much hot and hotter up there. So... Uh, Coming over here and, and going back to some cold weather, it's, uh, it's certainly been an adjustment for me. All right, what about the future? I mean, at the moment, you're at the top of the tree, and then I would suggest with your work ethic and, and your age, you may remain there for a very long time. As much as you can tell, Todd, do you see yourself coming back to Australia, for example, for a month or two in the summer like you did last year and driving a bit more, or do you ever see yourself living in Australia again? Not, not at this stage. I think you know. I definitely don't rule out living in Australia again. But um, you know, America right now is home for me, and um, you know, I'm fortunate enough to, to to be in a spot where I'm um, I, I can stay here for a while now. And uh, you know, it's uh, it's 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 been great to me at the moment, and I, I really enjoy living here. So uh, no, 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 no immediate plans to uh, to change anything soon. And. Uh, yeah, fingers crossed. Things things just keep rolling on a little bit the way they are, and uh, keep keep making a living it out of it over here, and uh, we'll keep having a bit of fun. On the subject of fun, is uh, is Todd McCarthy? Well, I haven't spoken to you for a while, mate. Are you a, an engaged man now? Are there children in the life? We, we the people, I'm sure, want to know what you're getting up to. Is has there been any movement since you moved to the US? Uh, 
think that's a chat for a beer, Mick. We'll uh, we'll leave that one for that time. <laughs> I thought that might be the answer, Todd. Mate, congratulations from from all the New South Wales racing community, not just the harness racing, but the hounds and the gallops. It's it's so hard to get to the top of the tree offshore, and we know the joy. I spoke to Dexter on the show a few weeks ago about the joy he gets watching James McDonald accomplish the same thing at Royal Ascot. So. To have that in reverse for you boys is, is great, mate. Thank you for joining us on Sky Sports Radio. And, mate, we're looking forward to seeing you uh, kicking home many more winners over there in the US and up in Canada. No, awesome. Thanks very much, Mick. And uh, hello to everybody back there. I uh, yeah, G'day to all my friends. I miss everyone very much. So I'm uh, looking forward to catching up soon.